everyone, and welcome to the City Baptist Church Sermon Podcast, where it is our desire and mission to help you find and follow Jesus. Today's message is from our brand new sermon series, My Shepherd. In this study, we are going through the familiar passage of Psalm 23 and rediscovering David's declaration, The Lord is my shepherd. This statement relays a total dependency on Jesus as our shepherd, guide, and Lord over our lives. We're focusing on the truth that God is a personal God and He wants to be your shepherd. And as a result of His ownership, we can follow Him boldly and rest confidently in His care. Amen. All right. Well, it's good to see you today, and great job singing together. And uh, I, I don't know about you, but I'm a little tired this morning. I saw a few of you rolling in here. You're kind of looking at me like, man, Pastor, I need some caffeine. And I feel you because I just got back from a whole week of teen camp, which basically means no sleep camp for the adults, you know, those of us that are serving there. But we had an awesome week, and uh, I know many of you were praying for us. And uh, I'm going to be sharing a few of those, uh, talk a little bit about it at the end of the message today. But it's good to see you. If it's your first time here at City Baptist, thank you for joining us this morning. And uh, let's take our Bibles, let's go to Psalm chapter 23. Psalm chapter 23 is we're working our way verse by verse uh, through this book, to, or through this chapter together. And uh, really we've done that over the last, uh, this is our seventh message in the series. And uh, we're getting close to uh, wrapping it up. But this morning I want to... Uh, just encourage you with the thought that we have a shepherd, we have a savior uh, that is our great provider. If you don't uh, get anything else this morning, understand that God is enough for you today. He is enough for you no matter what it is that you are facing. Well, we returned to the psalm, and last week, I don't know if you uh, remember or not, but last week there was a shift in the language that we saw in verse number four. Uh, remember there, we, we saw that uh, he had talk, uh, gone from talking about, uh, speaking about the Lord, he restores my soul, he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness, where in verse number four, he changes it, and now he's talking about, he's speaking to God, he's saying, you are with me, thou art with me, and he begins to speak to him, and he continues that language now as we continue into verse number five. Essentially, what's happening is David is changing the idea where now he's pointing us to our Savior, he's pointing us to our shepherd, and he's trying to remind us and tell us about how great our God is. Just like uh, the songs that we sang this morning, point us to God, we sing to him. David is now uh, proclaiming and speaking to God, and what he's teaching us is so much about how God can protect us, and God will guide us, God will provide for us even in the darkest of valleys. And so this morning as we continue in what I, I consider a very comforting verse, verse number five, what we see is David begin to proclaim how our good shepherd is always preparing, he is always working, and he is working to provide for those of us who are his sheep. Remember our position in this. We are the sheep in this, in this passage. Our God is the great shepherd. So let's read together uh, verse number five. He says, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Why don't we read that verse together? Ready, begin. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Let's have a word of prayer together. Father, I pray now that through this time in your word that you would speak to us, that you would encourage our hearts as we learn more about who you are. Father, we oftentimes diminish the fact that you are working behind the scenes, that you are preparing us, that you are providing for us. 
And I pray that each of us this morning and those that are online today would understand that you are a God of provision and that you are enough for us. And we love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. As we approach the passage, I want you to first of all see if you're taking notes this morning, I want you to notice there's a preparation of our shepherd. The preparation of our shepherd. He says at the beginning of the verse that thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You know, if we're going to stay consistent with David's analogy of the sheep and the shepherd, I can imagine that David was thinking back to those early years in the Bethlehem Hills when he was a shepherd himself. As he speaks about this idea of preparing a table uh, before him or God, how God prepares a table for us, he would have been thinking about as a young boy the amount of work and effort that he would have put into preparing grasslands for the grazing and the feeding of his flock. See, one of the things that I didn't really understand about shepherds, I just thought, hey, just take the sheep and let them loose. And then, you know, once in a while when you need some, uh, need some, uh, not fur, what is it? Wool, whatever it is on there, whenever you need that, you know, or you need some, some meat, you go and grab a couple. But we've discovered that there's so much that goes into the care of a sheep. And so one of the things that shepherds often would do is after, uh, maybe they would put the sheep in their pen for a while, or maybe they would hire somebody to care for the sheep, they would go out and they would prepare pastures for their sheep. It is something that they would do oftentimes, even late at night, where they would go to a field, a place that maybe they wanted to take their sheep the next day, and they would very meticulously and carefully go over that field. They would look for any sort of poisonous weeds uh, that might cause sickness or even death to the very youngest of those sheep. They would look for uh, any uh, kind of hiding places or burrows for snakes or for uh, other animals that might uh, scare, uh, scare the sheep. They would look for a, uh, a water source to secure. They would even remove stones that a sheep might step on and roll and uh, break a leg. They would uh, look for any possible predator hideouts. They would identify where that might be so that they could be uh, on the lookout. But basically, they would go and they would look for anything that would uh, cause sickness or injury uh, or danger to his sheep. Now, the picture here is of a shepherd on a flat piece of ground and making sure and preparing it for the arrival of his sheep. Now, what does that teach us about the shepherd? What it teaches us is that the shepherd his heart behind that hard work of preparing the field for his sheep, his heart is strictly that he just wants to provide for them. He wants to prepare for their future needs. He wants to make sure that they are going to be benefited and taken care of. That's the picture of a good shepherd that we see at this beginning part. And of course, the picture for us spiritually is the provisional nature of our God, as I talked about at the very beginning. The fact that we have a God in his great wisdom and in his foreknowledge understands your life, understands where you are going, understands what you are facing, and he is actively working to provide for your every need. I don't know if you knew this this morning, but God knows about your needs. Did you know that? God actually cares about your needs. You know, as a, as a child growing up, it always seemed like my mom was always ready to meet my needs. She had this magical device. Maybe some of your parents had this. Maybe, your, hopefully your mom had this. She had this very magical device that from which so many good things would come that would care for me. It was called a purse, right? It's called my mama's purse. And uh, over the years, I was always amazed as a child, like, Mom, do you have any gum? Of course she has gum. Mom, I, need, I, I just cut my leg. I need a Band-Aid. Uh, Mom, <laughs> I need a tourniquet. Oh, she had a tourniquet, you know? She was always prepared for whatever it was that we needed. I needed a drink of water. I needed a mint. I don't know, I always needed mints as a kid. I had a problem. But she always needed, she always had what I needed. 
And, and I used to think it was just amazing that mom would just know all of this stuff. But now that I'm married to Jeanette and I see the work and the preparation that she puts into her purse <laughs> and in her bag, like when we're going out together as a family, she's up, you know, the night before the boys are in bed and she's kind of putting stuff in a bag. And what are you doing? Well, she's preparing for the day to come. So she's got, uh, we got a bunch of kids that like to get burned by the sun. So there's always sunscreen in there, you know, definitely a whole box of band-aids and bandages and all of these uh, things that she knows that we need. And she's preparing uh, so that the boys would be uh, any need that might come up they would be met and we can enjoy then our day together. Now, see, our God is the same way. I'm trying to paint a picture for us to understand that God is so in tune with your life. He is so connected in with uh, what you are doing and where you are going that God is working behind the scenes to prepare for your needs even before you, have, even before you know that you have a need. It's pretty amazing. In the Lord's Prayer, when Jesus uh, completed reprimanding us for vain repetitions in verse eight of Matthew six, he said, be not therefore like unto them, be not, don't be like a person that just has all these repetitive prayers over and over again. But then he says this little nugget uh, here that we understand about our God. He says, for your father knoweth what things you have need of before you even ask him. How incredible is that? That God is preparing, he is preparing to meet your needs even before you know that you have those needs. And even though often in life we stray from God's plan, even though we make mistakes, even though we fall into sin, as his child, he is always preparing a table of provision, a place that we can grow, be restored, and find peace. And I want you to know this morning that you can trust him no matter what it is that you're facing because God knows and he is preparing it for you. You might be facing a job loss. Maybe things aren't going very well at your workplace right now. You're not sure about the stability of that. Maybe there's a relational issue that you are struggling with. Maybe you're facing some financial hardship. Uh, your whole situation has changed and there's some uh, financial difficulties uh, maybe that you're seeing in the future or maybe you're in right now. I want you to know today that God knows about your need and he has prepared something for you if you would just trust him and look to him. See, the problem is when we get our eyes off of him and we begin to try to take things into our own hands that we begin to struggle, but God is actively working out things behind the scenes of your life to direct and to provide for you because you are his sheep and he is your shepherd and he loves you so desperately and he wants to provide for you. In my own life, I was trying to think and looking back uh, at my own life in ways that God has done this and has provided for me in the future from the past when I didn't even know. And the one thing that always sticks out to me, and I think I've shared this with you before, is that my first ministry opportunity uh, was back in 2005. I'm that old. Yes, back in 2005. And uh, when some of you were just being born, I think, and maybe <laughs> well, a few of you anyway. Chris, you were born by 12. Yeah, you, uh, he, was, he was born already. Uh, but back in 2005, I'd finished up Bible college and I went to a church in Texas and I was serving there as a youth pastor. And uh, when I got there, the church gave me an old laptop. Like uh, this is before I was all Apple all the time, you know? And so this was like an HP pavilion. You remember those? It had like a Pentium something in it. And, uh, and on that old laptop, I was pretty pumped. It was a free laptop. I didn't have one. And so I got this computer and on that computer was Photoshop. And if you're not familiar with Photoshop, it's just a, it's a software program for building graphics and some of these things that we have. Uh, Photoshop's a great tool for that. Well, I got this and, and I didn't know anything about it. I had no design background at all whatsoever, but I did know this, I could do a better job than our current staff was doing on Microsoft Word, you know, <laughs> building, <laughs> building graphics in Microsoft Word and, and all of that. And so I thought, I think I can do a better job than this. And so I started researching it and learning it. And, uh, and so I just started developing my, my skills. And this is even before YouTube was a big deal. Uh, there was a on Online, there was at least websites at least and I would go and I would learn how to do these things and so I, I developed a bit of an understanding 
And what I learned is that God had gifted me in the area of graphic design. And so I developed that, and, and that graphic design led to learning how to do web design. And uh, web design led to me doing video editing. Video editing led to me shooting film, uh, learning how to uh, uh, do photography. And basically, I built this whole talented side of me that I didn't know existed. I really didn't know existed. I mean, I was in my 20s before I even, even touched that program. And oftentimes I would wonder, and I've even said to other people, I don't know, I didn't know I had this ability. I wonder why it is that now God is developing that, uh, that in me. Well, God is always working, isn't he? So fast forward a few years later, and God had led our family to plant City Baptist Church as we're celebrating our eighth anniversary on September 11th, hard to believe, already eight years. But as God led our family, one of the big concerns and questions in my mind is, how am I going to provide for my growing family? Uh, how, how am I going to be able to support myself? How are we going to be able to make this happen? Uh, you know, money doesn't grow on trees, as, as you know, uh, and as my mom always told me, uh, as she handed me money from her purse, but uh, it doesn't grow on trees, it was in her purse. But, uh, you know, you learn all of this, and, and, and I didn't know what it was, but what was happening is that all of that experience, all of those years of learning this skill and developing that skill led to me being able to start a business, which then allowed me to support my family, which then allowed me to do God's will for my life. Does that make sense? I didn't even know what he was doing all of those years earlier, but God was preparing for a need that I would have in the future. And the point I'm trying to make is that God is always working in us in order to prepare us for what he has for us on the journey that is following his will. I think if you would take a few minutes and you would look back at your life, you would recognize that God has always been preparing, God has always been working, even in situations that are not easy and are very, very difficult, you will recognize that God is working to bring you to the place where you are today, and sometimes God is even providing for your future and you have no idea. It's pretty amazing. He prepares a table for us. He goes ahead of us he, before we're even there, and he's preparing it to make sure that we will be taken care of. And so God knows. God knows what is keeping you awake at night. God knows what is exhausting you mentally and physically, and we can trust that he has prepared an answer for you. Philippians 4.19 is a verse we often go in these moments where it talks about our God supplying all of our need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You know, we look at our city and often, you know, you just say, man, I wish I had just one of these houses to sell and use that money for something. You know, you think about the riches in this, in this, in this city and, and how much wealth there is. But I want you to know that God's riches and glory far surpass anything in this life. And I've seen God provide in so many miraculous ways. Our church has seen God provide in miraculous ways. This building, the reason we're sitting in this building today is a miracle of God. Did you know that our church of, uh, you know, 55, 60 people that were meeting in a tap dance studio just a year, less than a year ago, you know, our, our, our church family could not afford to buy a building like this in Vancouver. Did you realize that? <laughs> I realize it. I, I'm sure you do. <laughs> I won't even tell you what this property is worth. You can imagine but yet here we are today meeting in a place, a wonderful church building that we've been allowed to be in for this year now and God is using and we're growing in and that's a miracle of God. He provided like we never thought he could. And so the point is, is that God is always working and no matter how big or how desperate or how hopeless my situation may seem, God knows about it and he's already working things out. You know, when I was a kid, I didn't worry about things. I didn't worry about things. Don't you miss those days? When you're an eight-year-old, I didn't worry about stuff because I knew my parents were going to look out for me. I knew my parents cared for me. I knew that they would make sure that my needs would be met, and, and my mom had it in her purse more than likely if I needed anything. You know, it'd be well for us to learn that same lesson, 
The lesson that God is preparing, that God is working things out already. He knows what you are facing. He knows what is in the horizon and on the horizon. And so we can trust and we can be confident in his preparation. Philippians 1, 6 tells us that we can be confident of this very thing, that he which had begun a good work in you will perform it to the day of Jesus Christ. And if God is doing a good work in you, he will make that happen. And he is, if you're his child today, God is working in you. He loves you, you're his child, and he will do it. And so we can be confident in that fact. So whatever you are facing right now, I want you to know that God has an answer, and it may just be around the corner. It may be tomorrow. The question is, is are you seeking after him and looking for him to answer that? Are you looking for him to provide, or are you just trying to do it on your own? Any time that we begin to take matters into our own hands is when things start to fall apart. I can give testimony to that myself. That's when things begin to fall apart in my life, when I take my eyes off of Christ and I begin to look all around me, like Peter in the boat and those storms and the waves, and he took his eyes off of the Lord, and then the fear came into his life. Then things began to happen, meaning he began to sink. And that's how it is with us. We've got to keep our eyes on the Lord and believe and have faith and trust and know, not because we hope so, but because he told us so, you can be confident that I will be providing for you. And so we notice here the preparation of the shepherd. And David is, again, revealing to us who God is. But secondly, I want you to notice that there is the presence of the enemy. So there is the preparation of the shepherd, but there is also the presence of the enemy. There he says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Again, we have to remember the extreme vulnerability of the sheep. The fact that a sheep left to itself is a dead sheep pretty much is how it's going to be. They, are, they have no ability to fight back. They are a prey animal. If a wolf or a cougar or some other animal comes along, they have absolutely no hope of survival. But what we've learned about sheep through our study is that the, the longer they stay together, the closer they are to the flock, and of course, the closer they are to the shepherd, then they have protection then they have uh, help in those difficult times. However, it is not unusual. It is not unusual that though a flock may be together, for them to be around the shepherd and to have the safety of the shepherd there, it's not unusual for a predator to be actually stalking them from a distance. I saw this crazy video on YouTube this week of this guy in Utah, this hiker in Utah being stalked by a cougar. I recommend looking it up. It's, a, it's incredible. I was, my heart was pounding watching this. It's a really incredible I would just stay at a distance behind and kept advancing, advancing, advancing. And sheep, that is often the case. Predators know that sheep are vulnerable. They know it's an easy kill. It's an easy target. And so they stay in the background. They watch. They observe. And they're looking for a stray or one that separates itself or one that is struggling. And sheep are not complex. They are dumb animals, but they do have senses. And they do realize when there's a predator in the area. But the, again, the unique thing about the relationship between the sheep and the shepherd is that even if there's a predator circling around them, if they are close to the shepherd, if they are part of the flock, they are at peace. They still have comfort. You know, Scripture is clear that we have an enemy, that we have an adversary. First Peter describes him as a roaring, roaring lion. He's seeking who he can devour. He is, he is all around us. He is looking for those that he can attack. And as followers of Christ, those of us who are trusting his word, that are faithful in his direction, those of us that are uh, intentional in our closeness to the sheep, it, even though we know that we have a, a predator out there, even though we know we have an enemy, it is still possible for us to be at peace and, and to be, be calm even though we know there is danger all around us. It's only again when we take our eyes off of the shepherd, when we stray away, when we allow those roots of bitterness and anger and 
sin to creep into our life, other sins that we allow to creep in and separate us from the Lord, separate us from the peace and the contentment of our walk with God, that trouble begins to come. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse uh, number 11, Peter, I'm sorry, Paul spoke of the power of forgiveness. He talked about how when we fail to forgive, that we allow our enemy to get power over us. Notice there in the verse, he says, lest Satan, this is right on the heels of talking about forgiveness. He says, lest Satan, and I love the way this is phrased, should get an advantage of us. For we are not ignorant of his devices. That teaches us a lot about our adversary, that he is trying to get advantage in your life, and he is not ignorant. He is not ignorant. He knows. Our enemy has been studying humanity for all of its existence. He knows how to trip you up. He knows how to send you into a a, a spiral of discouragement. He knows how to allow that bitterness to grow up. He He knows how to limit your connection with God. And so we must be aware and we must know that we have an enemy that is coming after us. And so we must be focused. We must keep our eyes on Christ. We must keep our eyes on him because that brings peace. Just like that flock, though a predator might be circling, if they're close to the shepherd, they're at rest. They're at peace. And we can also experience the same thing. And I love how he, he puts those two together. He says he's preparing a table. He's, he's preparing for you. And there's, a, there's an enemy that's all around in the presence of your enemies. How amazing is that, that we can have calm and peace, though we're surrounded on every side? And so we see here the presence of the enemy. But lastly, I want you to see the plentifulness of our shepherd. The plentifulness of our shepherd. He says, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And at the end here, he says, thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Now, at first glance, this seems like a messy and sticky situation. Wouldn't you agree? <laughs> you know, I mean, there's oil on my head. I, I got a, my cup is too full. You know, I'm like Owen when he was filling up his drink in there and it's kind of all over the place. It sounds, it doesn't sound like a really great thing. But if you were uh, in David's uh, environment, if you were part of his culture and in that time, you would understand what he's saying here. See, anointing with oil, or the idea, the picture of oil, as well as the idea of an overflowing cup, these are symbols of abundance. These are symbols of blessing. Now, in Scripture, we know that there's a significance to the anointing with oil. Oil is a symbol of the Holy Spirit that we see throughout Scripture. It's a symbol of the Holy Spirit at work in somebody's life, especially uh, in the Old Testament. David, of course, we know was a man that had been empowered with the Holy Spirit in many of the battles that he faced. Samuel, of course, anointed David with oil uh, when he was identified as the next king of Israel, and it was an expression of the blessing that God had placed upon his life. Uh, Later on, we know that God preserved David in so many battles to uh, fulfill the anointed purpose that he had. And all throughout scripture, we're not going to go everywhere in it uh, to look at all of these different instances of oil. But the Bible is very clear that oil is a representation of the Holy Spirit. Now, here's what's so great about us today. Those those of us that live in the age of grace, we don't need a physical uh, manifestation. We don't need some sort of oil pouring or some sort of symbol to represent what God has already done in our lives. See, when we are saved, we receive the Holy Spirit of God. And you get all the Holy Spirit you're ever gonna get at that day of salvation. Okay, you get it all. I love that. God is like, here, I'll give you a little bit and maybe a little bit later on. Uh, Maybe on some special days, you'll have a little bit more. No, you get the Holy Spirit and he lives and he indwells you. He was the comforter that has come. He is the one that we have been waiting for and he indwells us. And we need to not fear God's spirit departing us today. Aren't you thankful for that? We don't have to fear that. But we still need the spirit's anointing power and movement and, and work in us. 
So my question for you today, I know the Holy Spirit, sometimes people get a little anxious when you talk about the Holy Spirit. And I don't know if that's just a misconception, you don't really understand it, or maybe not sure how, how he works within us. But I want to tell you, if you're saved, you have the Holy Spirit of God, and you can be thankful for that. However, we often do not allow the Holy Spirit to fill us and to use us. The filling of the Spirit is simply practicing the presence of the Lord. It is, it is being led and directed by his work within you. So I wonder, when was the last time you prayed and sincerely asked God, the Holy Spirit, to be your complete guide, to, to be your direction? How often do you surrender yourself to his filling, to his work? Because listen, we need the control of the Holy Spirit over our lives, don't we? Because we fail over and over again. In Romans 8, it says that if you're carnally minded, it's death. <laughs> but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. I'm afraid that too often we struggle in our walk with the Lord because we simply are not practicing his presence. We are not seeking the filling and the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. He convicts us of sin. He reveals the word to us. He gives us direction. God just speaks so uniquely through his spirit. And what a wonderful thing it is. And so he's talking about our God and he's saying here that, yes, he's prepared a table for us. There's enemies all around us. But he also says that he's anointed us with oil. We have, this, we have the Holy Spirit. Now, for them to have that oil, it was, a, it was a very visible thing. And for us, the Spirit dwells within us. But you know what? He can be just as visible in your life as it is for that physical oil placed on somebody's head. You know if you meet somebody who is following the Holy Spirit in their life, don't you? You know when somebody is Spirit-filled. You know when God is, man, really has his hand on somebody and they're being used of God. Listen, that's something that's possible for all of us for every aspect of our life. And so we need to have that presence and practice that presence, that work within us. But there's another use for oil that David might have had in his mind when he spoke about that. See, shepherds often applied an oil mixture, the same kind of oil with a different um, ingredients, and they would often apply it to their sheep. They would pour it over them, they'd put it on their noses, and the reason was is to help protect and heal from irritants that came into the sheep's life. Now, sheep, just, it's gross. Just do some reading up on sheep and the, the amount of flies that they attract and how it, it goes. There's even a fly, this is a really interesting one. There's this fly that uh, bottlenose likes to go in their nostrils and it likes to plant its eggs. And then when those eggs hatch, they become larvae and the larvae go, go up into their brain sinus cavity, into their brain, and the sheep can feel them moving around in there. And it drives them absolutely crazy, as you can imagine, right? Imagine something in there. Some of you are, oh, I can't even imagine. And they'll, they'll bang their heads on trees until they knock themselves out trying to, to fix it. They'll run off of cliffs. It, it can drive them to that kind of just, just craziness. And that's only one type of irritant that happens to sheep. There's so many different things that can drive them to erratic behavior. And so this oil that is put on their nose protects them from that. It's poured on them uh, to help them with skin issues. It, uh, the, the, the odors keep snakes away from them. And it's because there's all these little irritants that are in the sheep that drive them to just some really crazy behavior. And I was just thinking about it from a spiritual application side. Isn't it amazing uh, how often it's the smallest things in life that irritate and mess up our walk with God? Have you noticed that? <laughs> Sometimes it's just a little like frustration. Uh, you know, somebody cut you off driving down Victoria Drive or some little thing happens and you are just, you know, you are singing the praises of our God. How great is our God, you idiot, you know? And you're slamming the horn and like, what happened? Like immediately you just... <laughs> just is, is 
I'm sure you guys don't ever do that, but uh, it's all of these things, tiny distractions that capture our attention and torment us to the point that we react with fleshly behavior and fleshly responses. But the truth is, is that you and I are actually able to live above those just irritants of life, and it's through the peace and comfort of the Holy Spirit. And that's a blessing that was known by David, and it's a blessing that we also understand as the sheep of God's pasture. The other blessing here that he mentions is that his cup overflowed. He says, I know you anoint my head with oil, my cup runneth over. There's this overflowing cup. This is a reference to the confidence, the joy, and the love of the Lord in his life. You know, David, a lot of his life he was in distress. Much of his uh, time on this earth was, was met with struggle, with difficulty, with challenges. Yet his spirit never ran dry. And I love that thought. The thought that though he was going through great challenges, his spirit never ran dry. He always would return to God because God would provide all that was needed to be triumphant in his life. To me, when I read this, there's a sense of great contentment in David's voice. You notice that? He seems very content. He seems like I'm just, I'm good with what God uh, has given to me. As we uh, read at the very beginning of the verse, he said, or beginning uh, beginning of the chapter, uh, that he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides the waters. I do not want, I shall not want. That means God is everything. And he's very content and it's flowing out of him here. And I think the struggle is for many of us is that we just simply forget of the blessings of God. We forget that God has truly given us all that we need. David is saying, my cup overflows. I, I have so much of God, it's just, it's unbelievable. I'm completely satisfied. I'm completely content in him. These spiritual blessings. I was thinking of Ephesians chapter one and verse number three that tells us, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. In Christ, we have all the spiritual blessings that we need. All the spiritual blessings that we need. Do you remember what it was like before you knew Christ? What was your cup filled with before Christ? If you're like me, and what scripture tells us in Isaiah, your cup was full of wrath. You had the judgment of God on you. There's nothing, there's a verse in Isaiah 51 that talks about there's just dregs in the, is, the, is the word that's used. Just like, you know, you leave, a, you leave your coffee cup out for too long, you know, and there's that little bit down there, it kind of dries and it's just like, it's, it's nothing. And he says, you are under wrath, you had the wrath of God on you. That's what filled up your cup, Isaiah 51. Verse 22 tells us that. But now with Christ, we have all the spiritual blessings that are found in God. So how foolish is it of us to have all the blessings of our life with Christ and then want to trade it with someone under the judgment of God. That's the way our minds work sometimes and it's kind of strange. We have all the blessings of God. We have have these spiritual blessings, but yet often we look at the world and we say, man, I wish I had that. I, I wish I was like them. I wish I could do that thing that I know is wrong. And what are we doing there? We're trading a cup of wrath and full of just nothing, we want to trade our spiritual blessings for that. David is saying, that's that's, that's not the way to live life. He's saying, you got to remember that with Christ, we have all that we need. There is nothing that this world can offer me that can bless me as much as God has blessed me. And I am so thankful today to be a sheep in God's pasture. And I hope that you are too. I hope that there's been something in this that has just sort of 
reminded you of the blessings and the joy and the peace that comes from our relationship with God. See, we can be confident that it is God that prepares a table in us. That it is God that will give us everything we need for a healthy, vibrant, spiritual life. That our relationship and our walk with God is custom made for you. Did you know that? God knows you. He knows who you are. He created you. And, and his will for your life is made for you, custom for you. And we can be so thankful for that today. And I want to just step back, though, for a moment and just think about David here and this, uh, the idea of him just being content. My cup overflows. I, I, have, I have more than I can handle. More than I can handle. What does that tell us? It tells us that God is the source of everything we need. God is enough. So I don't know if you're searching in other places today for contentment. I don't know if you're searching for this world, for money, for, for some sort of pleasure of the flesh that you're searching for to give you contentment. But I want to tell you, Jesus is all that you need. God is all that you need. It's so great to have the kids with us today uh, in service. And uh, I love having them here uh, every few weeks or so that we have them in, in the service. But our kids need to know that, parents. Our kids need to know that Jesus is enough. And you know where they learn that? From you. They learn that from you. And so those of us who have children, we need to be telling them and teaching our children with God, our cup overflows. When blessings come into your life, share them with your children. Say, listen, God did this for us. God provided this for us. Don't make it about you. Dads, don't be like, man, I'm a great provider. I want you kids to know how good of a dad I am. No. Talk about God and how good God is and how he's blessed you and taken care of you and provided for you. See, God provides, even though there's enemies all around, we can trust him today. There's an overabundance of blessings. And sometimes we just need to be reminded to take notice of that. Just take notice of that. Let's have our heads bowed and our eyes closed this morning. Just for a time of reflection together. And maybe you just need to take a moment in your seat and you just need to say, God, thank you for your blessings. Thank you for being a God who provides. Thank you for being a God who looks ahead. Maybe you need to just be reminded of the fact that in Christ is all that you need. Maybe you're feeling like the enemy is not only surrounding you, but you feel like the enemy is right on top of you. And you're struggling with that. Would you seek the comforting presence of the Holy Spirit in your life today? Maybe some of you are still seeking purpose and joy and pursuing this life and pursuing this world. Maybe this morning, you need to confess that to God. You need to change your, your focus and allow his spirit to once again guide your life. Maybe, maybe that's how it was last year. Maybe that's how it was a few months ago, but you've strayed. Would you return to him today and allow his spirit to guide and to work in your life? Let's have just a few moments together of prayer. We hope that today's message was a help to your relationship with God. To stay connected with us, you can like us on Facebook or give us a follow on Instagram at Van City Baptist. Our prayer is that God will uniquely bless and grow you as you pursue His will for your life.